Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm uh, I'm good. I'm a little bassy this morning because I have a bit of a cold. But other than ah, that, that's a bummer. Yeah. So hopefully this won't be too distracting to people. But I thought we could get through a podcast. Yeah, I think so. It's just sort of your sexy voice coming out. Yeah. Right? Imagine I just woke <laughs> up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this despite uh, despite your cold. Totally. Yeah, I have some uh, stuff I wanted to share, so I figured we push through. But uh, cool. why don't we start with you? Sure. This week's been a little bit more of a, a heads down week. I sort of have felt like perhaps my marketing and promotional stuff was taking more of my mind share than actually like making forward progress on the actual product. So I gave myself some some grace, some freedom to just like go heads down for a little while and and focus a little bit less on, you know, writing a new blog post or recording a screencast or something like that. I think it was much needed for my own mental health just to sort of like feel like I made some forward strides, especially things like like design. I enjoy doing it and I really like to try to get a solid foundation of identity for any product I'm working on early on. And I felt like that was still like very much an unsolved problem. I really wanted to see, you know, what is this product going to look like, start to feel it. And that sort of gives me momentum as I'm thinking about everything around the product. So I spent a good amount of time just sort of building out in a sketch file, some basic like onboarding flows and sort of marrying that up with some of my vision of what the in-app experience is going to look like. I'm feeling really good about it. I committed my first translation of sketch into actual HTML with the new kind of design theme I've been working on and used Tailwind and posted about that on Twitter and that seemed to get some love. So yeah, that was kind of fun. Tailwind's pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Props to those guys. Yep. Adam, Steve and, and the rest. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, you are kind of a jerk a little bit for being able to do all of this like the design and the back end stuff and the marketing, like props to you. It's impressive. But also like I was listening to uh, bootstrap web and Brian is talking about like, I think I'm going to learn how to like actually do back end programming. And it's like, man, Derek is just, it's you're, you're a multi threat. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely something I should take advantage of at least early on. You know, that's sort of my unfair advantage is that I can sort of do all those things. And then the, the hard part will be like, figuring out where I want to specialize and where my time is not best spent because it's not sustainable to keep doing all these things moving forward. But at least like at this stage, I think I like really want to take advantage of of the fact that I can, you know, have that communication loop of one side of my brain to the other and go super fast, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And that you can, your prototype, your MVP can be, can be designed well and look nice and, and function well. And that's just awesome. Yeah, that's the hope. Mm-hmm. So where are you at? What's what? What are you working on? So right now, I'm I'm actually doing a bit of a of a refactor of some data model stuff. So as I was thinking through the first run experience and what's it like to sign up and and then create a space and then get into your space and then what if you want to create a second space? Like how does that look? And so kind of just taking a step back, I I initially envisioned sort of architecting the way authentication works is to have every space live on its own subdomain and like optimize for potential shardability down the line where like if a space grew to large scale, then I could potentially like peel it off, put it in its own database, have it live on its own server and the subdomain routing would automatically be aligned with sort of that model of sharding. This is a little bit of a response to my my own like recent scaling experience with Drip and just wanting to like set myself up for 
for the most success in the event that scaling does become a challenge in the future. So that's sort of how I was building out the data model. It was adding complexity to the code base, just dealing with subdomain routing. Like Phoenix doesn't like it has some things built in to help with that, but it's not a super smooth experience. And so I was already sort of fighting against fighting against the framework a little bit, I felt like. And it made the development environment more complex too, because you couldn't just run it off of local host. You had to get like some, you know, local dev domain stuff set up. So that was already feeling like not a great experience. And another thing that sort of came up in conversations was people really hate the fact that Slack has a separate login for every single workspace. And the, the tendency is to join a lot of these things. And I don't know if if the same thing will happen with Level, uh, you know, if, especially if it's focused primarily on companies and not necessarily, you know, open source communities or just other random communities that want to set up a, a room, but I don't know. So I kind of want to, I guess, optimize for, you know, having one login, one identity, and then being able to sort of have a permissions model similar to GitHub where you can be added to spaces. And I think that's going to be the right way to go. I do have like a question for you. Do you think that having one identity is the right way to go? Or do you think that people will want to basically establish establish different identities within different communities, like having a, a username that is maybe a pseudonym or something? Having one identity feels right to me. But I am sort of basing that on I do have that pain of like I have 11 Slack logins. And I don't know if thinking about level in terms of some of those Slack things is the right way of doing it. Like I'm hesitant to say like, well, I don't like this about Slack, so you should do this. I'm not sure that that one implies the other. But the point you made about how the development is a little trickier with this, that to me is a really good reason to not do it. Hopefully you will have this problem, right? Like hopefully one day you will need to pay the pain. I understand your drip scaling scars are probably not even uh, fully healed. But if it's going to slow you down now when iterating fast is going to be so useful to you and it's not going to really paint you into a corner, it's simple is probably going to be best here. Right. You know, I think I can probably have it both ways. Like this can be determined later on. But I think having one one login is certainly a better experience than having multiple logins. And then from there, maybe like, I don't know, maybe you want to have some humorous name that you give yourself in one space and then your real, you know, driver's license name in your company. And maybe I offer the ability to customize that on a per space basis or something. But that can be determined later on. So I'm just trying to like envision the, the different things that people might request and, and just make sure I'm not painting myself in a corner as far as data model goes. The single login with like if people wanted it, customizability per space sounds useful and good. Like I'm glad that I don't have to have I don't have to change my GitHub credentials when I join and leave organizations or companies. That would be very annoying. So I feel like the way they've they've tackled that is great. Yeah, and I do feel like there's sort of a shift away from like the anonymous web to the identified web where we we sort of go by i mean this is maybe pushed by facebook or something but like we kind of go by our real names in most contexts now and not hide behind an anonymous pseudonym or username so i don't even know if i'm going to have usernames honestly in level or if it's just going to be like give me your email address give me your your real name and then we'll go from there i know slack has i think shifted from they've made like usernames optional and now it's like by default showing just your real name and 
I just sort of prefer that. I sort of prefer real names, you know? Yeah, so. that seems legit for a work tool like this. Yeah. yeah. You probably don't go by a pseudonym at work. Right. So so I'm in the midst of that. I made a decision to to rewrite some database migration history <laughs> as opposed to like doing a real migration to mutate from the current state because my, my thinking is like the project is still young. I kind of want a clean migration history. I don't want to write a migration script to preserve any existing data in dev databases because like I don't need to worry about that right now. So basically like the instructions on this pull request will be drop your database and recreate it and... So I'm I'm still relishing in in the ability to do that because I know that's pretty soon going to be gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you should. <laughs> yeah, these are the good times. Yeah, the field is so green. Right. <laughs> I'm going to roll around in that green field. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Cool. Any like particular features? I saw you posted on Twitter. You were, looked like you were working on a uh, like a team sign up page or a team login page or something. Yeah. So the first thing I styled was the registration page, or I guess the way it is on master right now is you create your user account and a space at the exact same time. I think that will actually get split into two steps where like step one is just give me your email address and create your user account, essentially. And then step two is like, okay, let's create a space or join and maybe join a space that you've been invited to. But that same exact kind of style and theme is going to apply to that whole uh, sign up process. So Cool. Yeah, no, it was looking good. I like I like where you're going. Thank you. Yeah, I've been playing around with colors and I'm not I'm not the best with well, I feel like I'm not the best with colors, but uh Steve set me off on the right foot with uh Steve Sugar, my designer who did the logo, set me off on the right foot with some good like solid base colors and then I've been like running them through various color tools and trying to find complementary things that look nice and nice. Um, yeah, that part's fun. That is fun. I think I might have asked you this last time, but do you have like a sort of milestone or goal you're working towards right now? Hmm. I still want to do the round of conversations with folks with wireframes and I'm letting myself go into like a little bit of high fidelity design mode for a little while. And uh, even though I probably technically could do that with, with more low fidelity sketches, I'm, I kind of want them to be nice looking and in the same, you know, sort of design patterns that I've been working on. So I'm giving myself that freedom to do that. And so I'm not sure maybe next week that seems feels a little ambitious just because I'm I'm deep into tech stuff right now, but within the next week or two I would like to specifically book some some conversations with folks and and get some flows in front of them. If your heart wants to do slightly higher fidelity and it's going to get you excited and yeah. proud I think that's probably reasonable. Yeah. Like there's, there's, with it. there's the danger of going to making it too nice in MVP stage. Yes. But as long as you're balancing it, which I'm sure you will, if you have a thing that you feel more excited about, it's probably useful yep. to you. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Taking your psychology into account seems reasonable mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> it's funny how much of that you have to think about. Like, I, And I just like sort of can pull myself out of my my head and kind of observe what's going on like what am i feeling right now and it's such a it's such a roller coaster throughout the day like uh i i build something and i'm like this well and that comes as no surprise i'm sure i'm captain Captain obvious right now (laughs) (laughs) but but it's like i'm like oh man i feel like i'm not got anything done today and then i like design this login screen which is just a login screen but suddenly it like feels really good and i'm like wow i'm actually really loving this design and then i'm on a high for a moment and then i share it and then people are liking it on twitter and i'm like this is great um so yeah so much of this is about managing psychology i feel like totally yeah Yeah. 
doing any yoga or meditating or anything like that to help you with the brain space stuff? I need to. I, it's been a few weeks since I've done yoga, but it always helps. So I kind of want to get back on that train next week. Yeah. I've, I've uh, meditated the last couple mornings in a row. It's so fast for me, like a few days in and I like will notice just like a little bit of improvement during the rest of the day. Yeah, it's it helps a lot. Yeah, I think it's just like, for me, it's a matter of building, building the habit. If I don't build a habit, then that then I have no I, idea how to do. I will, <laughs> I will inevitably want to just like, get right to work and skip things like exercise and yoga and like, yeah, uh, my best is ad hoc. I can occasionally make it myself do it. And that's so far my, I've had like, you know, some streaks in the past, but damn, it's, it's hard. Yeah. Well, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, just some stuff. Um, <laughs> so I gave my notice. Did you? I did. Okay. So I'm leaving Mackie. It has been good and fun and interesting and challenging. But there was an opportunity that I felt like I had to go pursue. I know you've heard of a tool called Screen Hero. Yes. So uh, Screen Hero was a, piece. <laughs> uh, like a pair programming app. Have we talked about this on the podcast at all? I can't remember. I think I've expressed my disdain at Slack taking it away from all of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Um, so yeah. So Screen Hero was this like great indie-ish pair programming tool. Not video conferencing, but like I would share my screen with you. And then you and I would each get a video or a mouse cursor and keyboard control of my screen with like a nice really low and a, and a voice channel. And then a really low latency connection between us. It was great and people liked it. And then Slack was like, this is great and people like it. We should buy it. And so they did. And then they started like rolling uh, bits of it into the product and they, event they, they turn off signups and then they shut the product down for everybody else. And so now you can use it if you're a paid Slack customer and you can use it with people on your paid Slack team. And that seems to be about it. And I talked to you about like when we went to pair the other day, like we were frustrated by the lack of this tool. Uh, I've talked to other people. Just a lot of people in my network were like, damn, it does suck that there's, there's no screen hero anymore. And so I did some like Googling around, looking around and found like a lot of people saying like, where's the alternative to this? What, what are people using now? And the answer is, seems to be like, not much. Like there's this and it's okay, but it's not great. Or like they added you know, some of the remote control stuff to this tool, but it's not their main focus. And so there was that. And then at the same time, a friend of mine who I won't uh, mention by name yet was feeling uh, a bit of an itch at his job. And so we had been kicking around ideas. And when I told him this one, he was like, that sounds awesome. I would love to work on that. I reached out to one of the Screen Hero founders, co-founders, and we did a call. And I was like, hey, like, we're kind of kicking around the idea of building sort of the spiritual successor to Screen Hero. What do you think of that? And he was like, do it. Totally still a market there. Like, he, he's since left Slack. But he was like, yep, this is... People were sad. This is still a thing. The way that just about everyone is doing this is not sensitive to the fact that you're not sharing video of faces. You're instead sharing a video of a screen and latency is incredibly important and you have to optimize for that. And you can't just use WebRTC because it doesn't work well enough for this particular thing. And that's what everyone does. Then, so we're like, we had that call and we're like, damn, that's very encouraging. And then the last thing that sort of fell into place was a couple of weeks ago, this computer scientist at Stanford released a paper about doing really low latency video streaming over the internet and talked about a new technique that has been giving them really good results. 
And so it was like suddenly there was this idea and this co-founder who I've been friends with a long time and trust and has had previous startup experience and then like this technological advancement and this encouragement from this person. And it was like, this feels <laughs> stupid to not do. <laughs> it's like hitting you over the head right now. Like, like could anything be more aligned? <laughs> right, exactly. So it was just like yeah. fate was kind of like, here are all the pieces. Uh, you claim to want to do this. Here you go. So um, we're going to take a crack at it. Wow. Well, congrats, sir. I mean, thank this you. Is, this is huge. Um, I will be uh, paying customer number one if you'd like. Awesome. <laughs> yes, please. I want this thing so badly. I accept. Um, and wow. And this is quite complimentary to level. Actually, I could see these it two. Um, you know, it's this is a match made in heaven right here. So. Totally. That was, and that was like an exciting thing for us was like, it's cool that this is like congruent with Derek. Like Derek could use this. Derek could integrate this. Like we could, you know, like these are, it's also funny that like Slack enabled in a way, both of these businesses. Yeah, I know. Like their actions or inactions um, (laughs) led to opportunity. So it's kind of funny that way. Well, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants and yeah, Screen Hero paved the way for that. Slack paved the way for, you know, workplace communication in in this sort of vein. And um kudos to them for for bringing the innovation and bringing the mass adoption and um yeah i think we can continue to improve on that tool set so it's very exciting i'm super pumped uh my last day is like a week from now Uh, i'm going to microconf like the next week which is kind of awesome uh timing um i was kind of bummed at the idea of going to microconf and being like yeah i just kind of work at a day job but now it's like has changed substantially which is exciting and good timing and then I have a few weeks where I'm going to Hong Kong to uh, help a friend of mine. He's, I can't remember if I've talked about this here. Was this the friend that you were going to p- potentially go hang out with while you were doing your last independent stint? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's building a startup on Rails and it's like, well, I can help you. So uh, I'm going to go to Hong Kong for a couple of weeks uh, in May to uh, help him out and just give him a little push. And then I think early June, roughly, is when we will get going on this. That's the good part. That's the fun part. The unfortunate thing that I'm dealing with is that the RSI in my forearms is like present and active. Mm, mm. And like typing is kind of a bear right now. And like it's okay for a little while and it starts to hurt and like stress makes it worse. And it's, it's just so there's there is this like bad timing there. And so my goal is to basically take as much of May off as possible from like phone use, typing, just be like ridiculously diligent about sleep and exercise and diet and all that stuff and try to just basically heal. Have you gotten advice on what the best things to do to get you, you know, healed um, as soon as possible? Not yet. Or? I need, okay. not yet. That's very much on my to-do list. Um, I've seen an occupational therapist in the past for this and it like wasn't super helpful, honestly. It seems like this is a complicated condition that it varies a lot between people where sometimes it's just tendonitis and sometimes it's actually like this weird mind-body stress-induced thing that you manifest yourself and sometimes it's carpal tunnel and sometimes it's weird referred nerve pain. And so it's a complicated thing and it seems like everybody has their their own remedy that has worked for them. And so I'm just going to try all of them simultaneously. (laughs) (laughs) That's very scientific. (laughs) Yeah. But I disclosed this risk factor to my co-founder and just said like, you know, here's this is what's going on. Um, so I may have to basically pair with you and not type slash, you know, do non typing activities like talking to customers or prospects or speaking at conferences and just do the parts I can do. 
uh, and he was cool with that. So he's aware it's not a secret. Could be a good forcing function, actually. I mean, looking at the silver lining, like someone's got to be doing those things probably. And if you're both passionate about the tech, then, you know, this could like nudge you in that direction. Right, exactly. The world, I think, has gotten more friendly towards non-typing where it's like there are better and better like quick video creation tools, that sort of thing. So I can do less and less email and chat and things like that. So there are other risk factors too. That's the one that's most on my mind, of course. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, that's, that's what's going on. So the last time that you were not in a traditional job, the biggest factor for you was not having a team to work with, right? And kind of like the isolation factor. Well, question number one, are you and your co-founder both in Boston? Yes. Okay. So are you guys planning then to like work together in the same room? Yeah, definitely. We live a few blocks from each other. Oh, nice. Perfect. So, yeah. Um, we've talked about possibly working out of his condo. I don't think we should. I think we should get an independent space for sanity's sake. Like our commutes are identical. So we will pick a place that's close to both of us and that will work. I couldn't imagine going back to non-traditional work without someone in person. So that was definitely a hard requirement for me. Right. And and you're going to be working on, I mean, this is this is building software. So it's different than building a course, which I mean, I think you are obviously talented at and capable of producing high quality course material and, and learning material. But perhaps that's not it's not what you want to be doing for the next five to 10 years, right? This seems more aligned with perhaps your your passion. Totally. And it's it works well for my existing audience, which is nice. Like we had kicked around a lot of ideas of, you know, oh, we can make like, I, I still like the idea of making like a boring app for an underserved industry. Mm-hmm. Like this is uh, estimation software for countertop installers. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it's nice that like, I already have people that are developers that would trust me and I can reach reliably. Yeah, that's a huge advantage. I think Rob talked about this last year at MicroConf where he was like, the there's people you know, people who know you, and a few others that are not on the tip of my brain right now. But like, those definitely are, are a factor for this one. Yeah, so it feels silly to not take advantage of that in some way. When we talked about this idea, I was like, this is just a good fit in a bunch of ways. It's going to where the puck is going to some degree. Like, I think development teams will become increasingly distributed. So I expect that the customer base for this will only expand. I mean, software development practices are moving in the direction, I feel like, of collaborative working, pair programming. You know, that seems to be a trend as well. And so that that plus remote working, um, uh, you know, are both, both things in favor of this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to take a crack at it, see how it goes. Oh, man, exciting. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little stressed about the the RSI stuff, but other than that, Mm -hmm. I'm like, this Mm -hmm. feels really cool. I'm excited to see how this goes. How do you feel about the kind of the technology risk factor with this one? Like, obviously, you're you're gonna there's gonna be clients that are installed on people's individual machines, so operating system support, um, kind of dealing with distributing code that lives not just on a server but also on people's machines. Like, how are you thinking about that? It'd be great if that weren't the case. The weakness of this idea, or one of the weaknesses of this idea, or the, the drawbacks, is that it's not in our wheelhouse. So we're both basically web developers, and this is not web development. So uh, there's a, a fair amount to learn, but I feel pretty good about our ability to learn what we have to learn. Like there's no, there's not much magic out there, and there's been nothing but a proliferation of educational materials. I just keep asking people for help, and they just keep helping me. Where it's like, 
hey, can I chat with you, co-founder of Screen Hero? Yeah, totally. No problem. Yeah, it's gonna, there's going to be some hurdles. And we won't go as fast as if we were building a web app by any means. Uh, but I think it'll be okay. That is so awesome that he was like willing to chat with you and give you advice and totally I mean, it's just I, I used the the jason cohen trick where i said like i'd love to buy an hour of your time at whatever yeah. you think is reasonable and he was like yeah sure let's chat and then of course like was like no you don't have to pay me let's don't be ridiculous. right right which is cool oh that's so cool yeah so you're gonna be learning some c c plus plus c plus plus this thing i, I was alluding to out of stanford is a um, a combination video codec and transport and it's written in about uh, 17,000 lines of C++. If all goes as, as I expected to become the core of the video sharing part of the product. Most people use WebRTC for this, which is nice because it's already basically written for you. But this one, to, to achieve better latency and quality and all that, they wrote their own version of the Google VPA codec and a new transport layer. So I will, we will effectively be uh, responsible for supporting quite a bit of C++. That's on the list of things to learn. Yeah, when you and I were talking about this offline, you know, I was asking, like, would you hire potentially hire somebody to, to write that part of the code base and maintain it? And we were sort of talking about the, like the risk of having somebody who's like responsible for the core of the code base, not being like internal to the team or being a contractor or something or or short term engagement, you'd kind of mentioned, like, you would rather have somebody basically teach you how to or advise on learning how to um, maintain that code as opposed to just paying somebody to write the code themselves right yeah definitely it's such a core part of the product it's essential to have in-house expertise my co-founder has like a has has some startup experience and that was one explicit lesson that he took away from previous things where it's like you have to have that in-house you can't not be able to do that yourselves yeah they've been burned by that before well, we've officially broken the rule that one of us has to I be know. traditionally employed. Yeah. <laughs> one week from today, we'll be breaking it. This is great, though. This is going to make some great podcasts, I think. I think so, too. I think the, um, yeah, this would be some good radio. Yeah. I mean, this is, what is this? This V3 of AOP or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just keeps metamorphosizing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm excited. I'm stoked for you. Congrats. Um, Thank you. This is a big move, I think. Ever since like the last time you when you left ThoughtBot, like I've I've always like felt strongly that a startup is in your future, and you know the past iteration I think was a good foray into it, and I think this is this feels like the next level up, and I I'm just excited for you. Thanks. And now I, I would tell this to people like I feel like my eventual destiny is like running a software company. That feels like where I should be, but I just couldn't get the pieces to line up how I wanted them to. Yeah, and so finally they're there. Yep. Very cool, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we should just wrap it there. Oh, let's do it. All right. Show notes are... Show notes can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Nice. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye-bye.